Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hi. This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Guillermo del Toro's remake of Nightmare Alley. But before we get to that, we have to tell folks about our own film, which they can watch right now on Prime Video. It's called Tiny Dancers, and it's a feature-length comedy that you and I made. Kind of like a, a bad Santa meets Dance Moms, and you can stream it right now on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. Now. <sighs> or after you listen to our podcast. So, Nightmare Alley. Yep. It's got an 81% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's directed by the great Guillermo del Toro, who won multiple Oscars a few years back for directing Shape of Water. Good film. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he's been making awesome films for over 25 years. Yeah. My favorite is Crimson Peak. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That um, was Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good kind of like gothic romance, yeah. I, I think, is what he was going for. Yeah. That's a great film. I, Just I mean, spooky. It is. Yeah. He, he's great with atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, it, always great. great with atmosphere. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of his Hellboy movies. He, he's been kicking ass for a long time. Well, no, I just found out that he was a writer on on the Hobbit movies. Like that, those are my favorite movies. And then he was set to direct them. I didn't know that. Yeah, there was there was some sort of rights holdup. I mean, those were in development for a really long time. But no, I, I respect that Guillermo del Toro. He really he works he works on a lot of original stuff. Uh, he's been able to get a lot of original stuff made. Yeah, he's dipped into franchise. I mean, he made a sequel to Blade, which kicks a whole lot of ass. With winning an Oscar, he, he's able to just kind of follow his his instincts. Hasn't he won multiple? Like one for Pan's Labyrinth, and then the one for Shape of Water. Guillermo was nominated for Pan's Labyrinth, but he didn't he didn't take home anything for Pan's Labyrinth. But he definitely won director and best picture for Shape of Water. Yeah, I, I like that he kind of just goes back and forth between big budget stuff and smaller scale stuff, well, and, like, like Shape of Water. And he got into a animated series that was on Netflix. So is that Troll Hunters? Troll Hunters, yes. <laughs> and I watched it with my nephews. It was great. We enjoyed it. He, yeah, I mean, he's a very prolific producer. He works on a whole bunch of stuff. He's great. And so this film, Nightmare Alley, it's a remake of a 1947 film noir, which starred Tyrone Power. And that original film, that 1947 film, it's pretty bleak. It's pretty cynical, but it's well done. And it's the type of story that doesn't really come fully into focus until the final scenes. You're kind of just watching this character just making these questionable decisions. And it's like, where is this going? And then in those final scenes, it really comes into focus. Yeah. Like the whole arc of this thing. And so this film, it's got Bradley Cooper in the lead role. And he's surrounded by some great actresses, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Tony Collette. And Cooper's character, Stan Carlyle, he's kind of this drifter. And in the opening scene, we see him burying a dead body inside a house before burning it down. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the opening images. Yeah. It's pretty good. And and you don't know if he killed the, the person that he buried. We don't even know who the person is that he buried. We don't even know if it's his house. We don't like, whose house is house. this? Like, we have, we have no context behind yeah. that until later in the movie. It's a strong opening. And, and the first act is just kind of following him around as he becomes a carnival employee. And I mean, he doesn't even speak for like the first 15 minutes. It kind of just following him as he's observing a geek show in the opening moments. We see a, a carnival geek 
bite the head off a chicken. Oh, my God. Yes. And the original, I think that was implied. And Guillermo del Toro's, there's no cutaway. No. You see you the guy s- strangle a chicken and straight up decapitate it. You see it all. And like the opening five minutes of this movie. <laughs> when this scene happened. You sounded I, like you almost like threw up. I did. <laughs> I did. Like, it was bad. Like I'm, gagging. I'm, Oh my goodness! I was like, "Is this <laughs> is this going to be how this movie is going to go?" Because I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not a fan of gore. Del Toro's films can be pretty gory. I mean, yeah. Crimson Peak that's a fairly gory film. Yeah, but not like people definitely get their faces mute. smashed in that well, movie. I don't care about people being gored. It's animals. <laughs> animals did nothing to you. I hear you. Yeah, it's disturbing for sure. <laughs> and um, so, like immediately after seeing this. Bradley Cooper's like, hey, can I work here? <laughs> like, why would you well, want to he, work? Well, <laughs> he probably wanted to be incognito, <laughs> right? Like, that's what I'm guessing. He wanted to be a little incognito. He's a, He doesn't know where he's going. And being in a traveling circus, Carney, and making money. Keep a low profile. Keep a low profile. And yeah, and so he ends up working for Tony Collette and her husband, played by David Strathairn. He's kind of an alcoholic. Kind of. Full, full blown. Full blown. That's a thread in this film. Yeah. Alcoholism. That was a thread in the original. I mean, the original really, by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, this is all about alcoholism. <laughs> and this film, I mean, we learn kind of later that Bradley Cooper's dad was an alcoholic. Yep. So it's it's a major theme in this film. And uh, so Tony Collette and David Strathairn, they're like a clairvoyant act. And they have this coded language that they use to make it look like they're mediums. Yes. Like they can read people's minds. And they make it look like he is a medium. She is just his assistant. And they kind of teach their skills to Bradley Cooper, who in the meantime is developing a romance with Molly, played by Rooney Mara. Yes. And she's a performer at the carnival. She yeah. does like she gets shocked with electricity. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> and so David Strathairn, he dies from drinking wood alcohol that Bradley he- Cooper gives him. Well, accidentally. Yeah, that's that's what we don't know. I don't see because he he's he's guilted about it later in the film. Yeah. So it's maybe he accidentally got the wrong type of alcohol because they're right next to each other in the tent. I can believe it's an it's an accident. Uh, I guess I'm not sure. But then but then the character, he wants the black book. He wants the true. So there there is some ambiguity there, which I appreciate. I mean, Cooper's character is shady enough that you don't. You don't know what his intentions are. No. <laughs> it takes a while to kind of get a read on this character. That was one of the, I guess, the drawbacks that I had with this movie. I mean, it was very well made. Bradley Cooper was great in it. It just, it was very slow start. It was too long. Two and a half hours, uh, this thing. I mean, the original film from 1947 was just under two hours, and that felt long. Yeah. This is two and a half it's it's a slow slow journey. Yeah, unfortunately, really, it didn't get good until until later. Like probably the last maybe thirty minutes. Yeah, the, the ending. In the sense where the the time just kind of speeds by. Like the first two hours, it was just like you could really feel the two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's not a great ratio for entertainment. No, uh, <laughs> but the benefit that the story has, it, it has a great ending it has it a does. great final scene yeah it, yeah the movie just really takes its time getting there and uh so yeah so david strathairn he's dead and bradley cooper and rooney mara they leave the carnival and the film transitions forward two years 
And at this time, Cooper, he's kind of transformed himself into the great Stanton. I guess he's kind of using the book, the yes, coded book. He kind to... of. He, he <laughs> is full on into this book. And that's aiding his, his success. Yes. And he's doing mentalist shows in front of crowds. This is kind of like rich, uh, upper class yeah. crowds yeah. Uh, that he's courting. And here we're introduced to Kate Blanchett's character, Dr. Lilith Ritter. I love her character. She looks great in this film. She really looks like an old 1950s glamorous Hollywood icon in this film. The way she's kind of made up. Yeah. And her outfits and her hair. It really fits the bill of classic film noir. The way she's kind of made up. And she's a psychologist. And she initially tries to expose Bradley Cooper during one of his shows. She asks him to name the contents of her purse. And he's able to do it because he's gotten really good at doing cold readings. Yeah. So she's impressed. <laughs> and she and Bradley, they... I wouldn't call it... They kind of form a partnership. Well, yeah, but she tries to out him. He's good. That's what she's but, doing at that show. Yeah. But then he to goes him. after her, like talking about her mom. Talking, yeah. I mean, really embarrasses her. So she goes into this from his perspective as a partner, but she has ulterior motives, in my opinion. At this point. Yeah. Those ulterior motives get revealed later on. And during this partnership, she provides information for him on clients who are willing to pay for a psychic because she's kind of accrued all this information during her psychology sessions. Yes. Right. I mean, that's illegal. <laughs> it's called doctor patient confidentiality. Being... Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to do that. So these are not good people. And, uh, yeah, she's she's giving him information, which gives his act more credibility. And in exchange, he agrees to do psychiatric sessions with her. Yes. It's kind of a weird agreement. It is. <laughs> what you want from me in return is kind of weird. That's kind of a red flag. <laughs> well, but she uses it. And well, she... Just the way she uses oh, yeah. her other clients. Protected information against them. Oh, yeah. Of course. If you're going to do the same, she's going to use that against you. And so I guess going any further, we'll probably get into spoilers. But I guess overall, what what were your feelings on this film? Having not seen the original, yeah. I went in completely blind. You know, I thought it was okay. Like I said, the first two hours just really <laughs> was ticking away. And then, you know, the last 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a great ratio. And Bradley Cooper was good. Yeah. Um, everyone's excellent. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's quite good. Um, but Rudy Mara was good. I didn't even know that was her. I told you, I'm like, she looks familiar. I'm like, and he's like, that's Rudy Mara. It's, I'm like, it's what? striking that she can play the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. And a role like this where she's just very naive. And very feminine. Like, very. Yeah. Soft. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, no hard edges to her. Yeah. That's, that's good range. And yeah, she's she's very strong in this. I, I thought it was okay. Not, it's not Del Toro's best. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Yeah, that you've taken me to this week. So, I mean, every movie that we've seen, I mean, the past couple weeks, it, they're always two and a half hours long. And so this was this was another long movie and just uh, a bunch of really long movies. And and, and, and you really feel the like, length here. I, I guess I judge it. I judge a movie by if I w if I really want to see it again. And I really don't want to see this movie again. I'm I'm good. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that's a good barometer. Like how how eager am I to revisit this? Yeah. And I'm I'm with you. It, it's a frustrating film because there's 
there's a lot of greatness. It looks great. There's a lot of greatness yeah. here. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, it looks the like a Del Toro movie. I don't want to dissuade people not to go see this movie. I want you guys to go see it because it is good. I think anyone who's a Del Toro fan or yeah. a fan of Bradley Cooper or a fan of classic film noir is definitely going to want to check this out. Um, why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we'll get into spoilers for Nightmare Alley. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back, and we're going to get into spoilers for Nightmare Alley. And so Bradley Cooper, he begins scamming this wealthy man, wealthy older man named Ezra Grindle, who's played by Richard Jenkins. And he's wishing to speak to a deceased lover of his who died from a forced miscarriage. Yes. And this is where things start to unravel for our protagonist. Well, yeah, because the the wealthy guy kept on wanting more and more and more and more. He wanted Bradley Cooper to be able to bring the apparition of the ghost to materialize. And he's offering all this money and Bradley Cooper is just seeing the money and not thinking about anything else. He's like, okay, we can figure this out. We're good enough. And doesn't Kate Blanchett kind of warn him mm-hmm. that like this guy, he's he's got like a temper on him. Yep. And yeah, we see that uh, later on. And it kind of it kind of all builds to him convincing Molly to pose as the reincarnated ghost yeah. of Ezra's lover. But keep in mind, like Molly is she doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do it. Yeah. She doesn't want to do it anymore. She's because tired. This is, this is what's known as like a spook show. Yes. Which is basically where you take the clairvoyant act off the stage and you're doing it in real life with people and you're not telling them that it's an act. You're exactly. you're playing it for real. Yeah. And so he's he's going there because this man has no character. Yeah, I mean, he has <laughs> he's, none. He's, he's, a, he's a bad man. He is only concerned about himself, and he is only concerned about the dollar signs. We learn through flashbacks that he killed his dad. Yeah. Like, he resented his dad because his dad was an alcoholic and killed him and burned the house down with his dad in it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the dad was already dying. Pretty frail. And Bradley Cooper just opened the windows and let him freeze to death. <laughs> but he, he hated his dad. Yes. Let him die. So the people who recommended him to Grindel was... Um, Mary Steenburgen. Yeah. It was a judge and his wife. And their son just died in the war. That They initially wanted Kate Blanchett to kind of like snuff him out, right? Like yes. that's that's how this whole thing kind of kicked off. Yes. And yeah, that that whole thread ends with the murder-suicide. Yes. So pretty bleak. I mean, I guess that's one of those things that is kind of adding a lot of padding to this movie. <laughs> Even though it has a good payoff, it just, it, like, everything takes a long time to unfold. It does, It takes yeah. a long time to get to these payoffs. So yeah, there is that whole thread with Mary Steenburgen and her husband, and, like, we want to be with our, our son yep. in the afterlife, so murder-suicide. <laughs> And that, it, that's a good scene. So yeah, so this, um, so, so kind of this climax, Molly, she's posing as the reincarnated ghost. And Ezra, he wants to get closer to her, right? Like he wants to get up, get up close. And Bradley Cooper's trying to like pull him back. Like don't get too close. 
And Ezra eventually discovers that it's not his lover. It's yes. someone else. He's like, yeah. who are you? And shit just goes sideways. I think Bradley murders Ezra. Oh, yeah. He murders With a, his fists. Murders a couple people. He runs over his Well, because well, here's the thing. So he found out, Bradley Cooper found out that Grindel, we don't know exactly what he did to these other women. It was abusive. No, I mean, he hurt women, a lot of them. Abusive. It, it was more along like he murdered a lot of women. Okay. And then so he had his hands on Molly. And so that's when Bradley was like, okay, he's going to do something to Molly. So he's he's getting rough with Molly and Bradley Cooper kills him. Yeah, with his fists. And they get in their car. Yep. And he runs over the guy's like bodyguard. Yep. Played by Holt McElhinney. I mean, that was brutal. <laughs> I forget how he gets separated from Molly. Does she just split from him? Well, she gets in the car, but yeah, so they put the car in the alley and they they need to get away from that car because that car is now seen and, and tied to them. But he when does she split? At that point. Oh, because she's like, I she's just like, don't want to do I this anymore. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. You just killed somebody. You're a maniac. <laughs> I'm out. And so he goes to see Kate Blanchett one last time to get his money. To get his money. Yep. And he finds out that she's already taken his money. Oh, yeah. And she's going to use their recordings against him if he tries to implicate her in anything. And she calls the cops on him. Yes. And I think she shoots him. But what? <laughs> really fucks him over. I mean, really fucks him over. <laughs> really just. I mean, he's drinking now. Because before, this is a big thing. He was, he was never touched the alcohol, never touched it. And somehow Kate Blanchett, she convinces him. Well, they get an affair going, right? They get it. They get a full blown affair going. He and pretty much bangs every woman in this film. I mean, within minutes of meeting Tony Collette, she's jerking him off in a tub. Isn't oh she? yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. A married woman. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah he and Kate Blanchett they were having like a a physical affair. Although we don't see any fucking. We don't know, but we there there was some stuff going on. I could have used a sex scene. And, you know, she gets him drinking and he's an alcoholic now. At this point, he's a full-fledged alcoholic. Yeah. And uh, he leaves her office, like, bleeding, on the run from the cops. Yep. No money. Like, drunken. Yeah. And so he ends up going to another carnival. And in this final scene, uh, you got... Well, he, yeah, he gets homeless. And, you know, probably a couple months later, he's, you know... He's got a beard going. Yeah. Yeah. Some time smells. passes. <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson remarks, like, it smells like you pissed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, good at playing a pants-pissing drunk. He plays it really well. He plays it very well. I mean, A Star is Born, pants-pissing drunk. Yeah. Nightmare Alley, pants-pissing drunk. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's going. To, he goes into this carnival run, run by Tim Blake Nelson, and he first offers, like, hey, I have a mentalist act. He's like, we're not looking for a mentalist. And he kind of just gives him the once-over. I mean, this man, he smells like urine. He looks homeless. He seems half crazed. He could be a great geek. And so he offers him the job of being the carnival geek. And Bradley Cooper is like, I was born for it. I was born <laughs> to play this role. And it's I, and he cracks. Like he Bradley Cooper cracks. He has like end. a crazed yeah. smile on before we cut to black. And it's yeah, it's a great ending, a great final scene. There's I guess a couple details with the geek that we get early on that Willem Dafoe tells him. He yeah, he gives the secrets. The way they like, recruit the geeks yeah. is like we look for just transient alcoholics and then we spike their alcohol with opium. with opium. Yeah. 
and we get them so crazed and starving that they'll eat anything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the full circle that Bradley's character takes. It's crazy. It's insane. So it's a good performance. How would you rate this movie? Like grade wise? Yeah. I guess I'll give it like a B plus. There's I, a lot of craftsmanship. I appreciate the atmosphere, yeah. the craftsmanship. It's very slow. It's way too long. But the atmosphere, the craftsmanship, the performances kept me in it. I'll give it a C plus. Okay. So it's it's middle. It's mid range. It's not great for a date. No, I don't think so. Not great. I mean, first off, the story is very bleak. Yeah. Incredibly depressing. That's one thing. What it's missing is any suspense. Yeah. There's no suspense. And I mean, I had seen the original. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's like there was no mystery. They went verbatim from the original movie. There's no originality. The original was based on a book. And I think Del Toro claims he read the book before he saw the movie. And so this is more of an adaptation of the book. But it's just like the film. And yeah, I mean, the original told this story 30 minutes shorter. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I give her props for that. Although Bradley Cooper is excellent in the role. And he's, he's pr- he, very good. That last scene really lands well because Bradley Cooper, he, I, I would argue he's a better actor than Tyrone Power. And so he really sells the transformation yeah. of this man. And so you've got a great, a great actor given a really good performance. You did do a spoiler while we were in the theater. He's like, oh, he's the geek, by the way. He becomes the geek. I'm like, thanks for ruining it. But that kept you intrigued, didn't it? Because otherwise, I think you would have been really frustrated watching it. Like, where the fuck is this going? I think you're right. Because I, yeah. yeah, You saw it in my eyes. You were pretty fidgety. I was. (laughs) And uh, I guess that's it. That's it. That's Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We are on Twitter at DNMoviePodcast, and you can also email us at DateNightMoviePodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.